Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Back here on WrestleRant Radio, Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Graham G. Matthews here, as always, joined by Mr. Marceau, RJ Brother. What's going on? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing excellent. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I didn't ask you this before we hit record here, and I haven't yet talked to you about this. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you a very important question. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Super Bowl 57 predictions, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going with the Chiefs. Let's um, go. I, I just honestly can't stand the Eagles. I, that's realistically what I'm... I think the Eagles are probably a better team, but guess what? They don't have Patrick Mahomes, the GOAT. They don't have Mahomes, the GOAT, exactly. I'm going with the Chiefs. Hey, you can't bet against my Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl in 2020. I know the Eagles won it five years ago. We were there the week before they won the Super Bowl, the Rumble, uh, in 2018. But listen, it's the Chiefs' time. Pat Mahomes, he's going again. He's going to win that Super Bowl again. I'm looking forward to it on Sunday. But in all seriousness, anything else you're looking forward to about the game? No, I just, I mean, it's just the Super Bowl. I mean, I feel like when there's nothing, like no team, I don't really have a stake in either team, so I honestly just hope for like a close good game, but that's all I really care about. I'm, I'm not a big Rihanna, I like, I like Rihanna, so I think the Rihanna performance will be pretty decent, but uh, nothing else I'm really looking forward to. Is it just Rihanna? Um, I think there's probably some other artists, but the main one. I mean, they usually have some surprises, but I think she's the only one that's announced. Okay. Well, I mean, she's a huge name. I like Rihanna, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, in all seriousness, I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. We got Elimination Chamber next weekend that we'll talk about soon enough. Uh, before any of that, though, we got new episodes every single Thursday. New episodes over at WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single week. Every single Thursday. We got a lot to get into, Mr. Marceau. Not only Raw and Dynamite from this past week, but NXT Vengeance Day as well from last Saturday, which overall I thought was a good show. Uh, first time the black and gold brand has been back on the road since Stand and Deliver last year. Before that, you would have to go all the way back to Ven- or not Vengeance Day. What was it? Takeover Portland three years ago, almost exactly. February 2020. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, one quick note there announced today, this morning actually, from WWE themselves. We all know, and as we discussed about a month ago, Money in the Bank headed to London in July, and July 1st specifically, uh, 4th of July weekend here in the States. The day before they announced, first time ever, SmackDown's going to be in London. I mean, it's been in London before. I don't think it's going to be the O2, I don't think, but they're going to be broadcasting it live in London at um, 8 p.m. local time. I don't think, I mean, I tweeted this that, oh, it's going to be cool if they air it at 3 p.m. on a Friday, which... I don't think they would air it at 3 p.m. on Fox on a Friday. They would do that with Rampage on TNT or whatever. They're not going to do that with uh, SmackDown. Someone corrected me and made the note. It'll probably be, um, you know, air on delay. At eight. It, it'll be air. It'll air live locally, but we'll just get. They don't do that normally because they don't want people to be spoiled. 
um, over in England to air, you know, live over there. But we'll probably just get the delayed version um, at 8 p.m. on that Friday. So looking forward to that, though. It should be a good time. No, I saw that. I saw you uh, post on it. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, June 30th, SmackDown. So it's going to be a great weekend. We have Elimination Chamber before then, though. They're going to be in Montreal on Friday for SmackDown, on Saturday for Elimination Chamber as well. And uh, it should be a great weekend, so we're looking forward to that. But again, we got a lot of stuff to talk about before we get into that, though. Speaking of Elimination Chamber, we got to start with the obvious here. This doesn't have to do with Raw, SmackDown, or, I'm sorry, Raw, um, NXT, or Dynamite. So we'll address it now because we don't really typically talk about SmackDown. Didn't have a ton of time to talk about it last week, but we'll start with it here so we do have enough time. Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, made official for Elimination Chamber next weekend for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So, Sammy's getting a shot next weekend. I've talked about it ad nauseum now, both with you here and on Hashtag and in elsewhere, so, and in articles and stuff. I won't really say much more about this other than us just discussing it. I'll just kind of throw it to you. Um, your thoughts on the match being made official after that outstanding segment on SmackDown last week, setting up the main event for the pay-per-view next weekend. Um, you know, Sammy, could he lose and then get another shot at Mania a la Daniel Bryan in 2021? possibly um, could he be inserted into the WrestleMania main event like Daniel Bryan in 2014? Possibly. I just don't think that's a good idea personally, but I want to get your take because we didn't really go too in-depth with it last week. We didn't have time to. No, I, I thought the segment was great. I'm the, the pop alone for Sammy, I think that's, I mean, I understand it's like Cody and it's like the story with him winning the belt, which is great. And I also think, I understand where people are coming with Sammy as well because like he's with the bloodline. I mean, the pop last week alone, when he fucking speared Roman, I thought the fucking roof was going to rip off that place. Like, he's just extremely over. Like, Cody is over, but I feel like Sammy, just because the story's been played out for so long, like, yeah, maybe the story wasn't really meant for him and Roman to, like, be the end-all, end-all be-all, but, like, we always say, like, strike when the iron's hot. I mean, he is hot right now. I mean, he, like I said, I don't know where SmackDown was. I don't think it was, like, Brooklyn or one of these like smarky crowds like they went fucking bananas for Sammy so I, I think it was South Carolina that, actually yeah I think yeah, I was gonna say I think it was in Greenville South Carolina yeah. I mean, old Crockett old Crockett territory but, <laughs> I, so, uh, but no I, I think he got there they had a great he got a great reaction and um yeah I'm glad he's gonna get the elimination chamber I I don't know what they're gonna do I mean we I mean I know the Usos aren't supposed to be in Canada because they're not allowed so People were saying, like, oh, you have Jay Costum at Elimination Chamber, but, I mean, he's not allowed in the country, so I'm interested to see what they do there. Um, I mean, as of now, it's Cody and Roman, both belts are mania. I mean, I I, I'm, I think everyone's at this point over the two belts, so if there's any way to pry one of them off Roman, I, I would prefer that. It doesn't even have to be Sammy. Like, even if Cody took one away from him, I think it would help Raw, like, immensely with just how watchable and viewable the show is. It just... With only the U.S. belt, which they've done good rebuilding, I think it really does need its own belt. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't think they'll add him in. I, I'd be very surprised if they did that. Um, but, I mean, he is – he's compared to Cody, I think he's a lot more over than Cody is right now. I think they did a good job with Cody on Raw and on Monday kind of getting – kind of deflecting away from, from Sammy and kind of building their own program. But, I mean – I don't think Sammy's going to win in Montreal, but anything can happen, I guess. You mentioned the Jey Uso factor. I was one of those people that said that Jey Uso should cause Sammy to win. Do we know for a fact he can't appear? I know Jimmy, yes. I know due to the DUI situation, he was only arrested two years ago. 
I did a quick search with Alexis, and again, I could be wrong. I don't work at like immigration or, or whatever, or border <laughs> services or whatever the fuck that you would have to go through in order to do, you know, legal law enforcement, whatever. We did a quick search, and it had said that as long as you don't have a DUI in your record in the last five years, then you're able to go. Now, I don't know that for a fact that this is, I'm talking about Canada. I'm not talking about like Europe or whatever. Um, I don't know when Jay's DUI was. Jimmy was arrested a few years ago. I don't know about Jay though. So uh, I think Jay, I think Jay was like 2015, 16. Because I looked it up like not recent, but I did look it up like a couple months ago. And I think he, he Jay had gotten his first, but then Jimmy had like the subsequent like a few arrests. Uh, let me just pull it up here. Legal issues. Fatu was arrested in 2011. Uh, his last DUI was 20, what, what, is he Jonathan or Joshua? I think Jay is Joshua. I think Jonathan is Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because John is, um, he's married to Naomi, because they would call him John on Total Divas, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, it'd be, honestly, (laughs) Jay Uso was arrested in January of 2018 for a DUI. (sighs) So, technically, by your, by your, your, Border control logic. He technically, <laughs> could start, he could technically start going to Canada this month. So five years ago was January twenty twenty three. That was what a quick Google search told me. If you quickly Google it as well, you might find something different. I don't know, but that's what we saw. So again, that I am so wrestling though. Like guy a month after he's allowed in the country. <laughs> that's such a wrestling thing because you have to remember too. They weren't on SmackDown in Montreal when they, not in were they in Montreal? Yeah, when they were on SmackDown there a couple of months ago, and Sami Zayn was in that four way or whatever, got a great reaction. Neither of them were on the show. I mean, obviously Jimmy can't be there for a fact. Um, but if if that was the timeline, then I guess Jay. I mean, Jay could have still shown up, but you're not going to have one USO normally there without the other. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, that could be it. I mean, I I don't know. I think you would. If Roman wins clean, that's fine, but I think it just makes more sense within the context of the story that Jey Uso cost him to win. I feel like they wouldn't do this match unless they have this all planned out. Sammy's not winning that match, so I don't know. I think Roman's got to win, and you focus on Cody and Roman at WrestleMania, but I like the fact that they're starting the road to Rhodes and Reigns early, uh, starting on Monday's Raw. They're not waiting until after Elimination Chamber. Cody won the Royal Rumble match, and we started to see the plant, you know, the, the seeds planted for Cody versus Roman on Monday's Raw with that great confrontation. Um, let's get into it now between Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes. Phenomenal stuff. That last line that we joked about earlier before we hit record here. Uh, you know, you're my, you know, you, Dusty told me in our last phone call together before he passed that you were his favorite son, Cody. But Roman Reigns was the son that he always wanted. Also touching upon how Roman was the one that he trained, not Cody, at the PC. They brought up Dusty's history at ECW. Just a phenomenal fucking segment. Uh, one of the best talking segments I've seen on that show in a very long time. In addition to the uh, the, the jury of Sami Zayn. This is all has to do with Paul Heyman and the bloodline. It all kind of ties together. But um, just a great segment. And I, li- I like the fact that Cody's road to WrestleMania is starting early. And they're not waiting until after the Sami Zayn match at Elimination Chamber. No, I think I think it makes sense. I think also they know how extremely over Sammy is, um, so I think they want to get ahead of it. Um, I mean, this was a great start. Um, this back and forth between Cody and Heyman was must see television, if you ask me. Um, if, even if you don't want to watch Raw, I would take the ten. I would try to find any way possible to watch this. It was like five ten minutes. It was amazing. 
Um, but I think it was more to like start setting, like you said, like paving the road, no pun intended, to WrestleMania, but also trying to like put more heat on Cody or start building that story just because Sammy is so over right now that trying to like get you invested in Cody as well, which I think people are, but it's just kind of like a mix. Like I think they're both over. It's not like a Batista situation where like no one wants Batista and he's going like people like Cody, but it's just like two different scenarios. Like I feel like, um, Cody's like, you feel like that's like, Oh, this is what they've wanted the whole time. And Sammy's kind of like the generic, like he kind of got hot by his own, but uh, yeah, I think it was a good start, and I think they did it just like I said to kind of f- focus your mind towards Cody and Roman a little bit more than just worrying about Sammy. Yeah, no, listen, both guys are incredibly over. Both stories are compelling to me. Both are in the peak of their popularity right now. Um, I would put the belt on Cody at WrestleMania. I wouldn't wait any longer beyond that. I do think there's a decent chance Roman could retain. I know people might laugh at that, but it's true. He's been champion for so long. What's stopping them from keeping the belt on him even longer? They could keep Cody in chase mode. I think that would be dumb. The outcome of that rematch would be even more predictable. Um, I would just put the belt on him when it matters most, that being at WrestleMania. I don't think you... I I know you want Sammy in the match at Mania or getting the shot at Mania or being the one to dethrone Roman. I, I understand that. But are you one of those people... I mean, you kind of alluded to it a second ago. Are you one of those people that thinks that Cody could get booed? I mean, there's a lot of people thinking, oh, it's this isn't going to work. The story sucks, and he's not over. I mean, I don't know what fucking show these people are watching, but I don't see a situation unless they completely butcher the booking of Cody, even with as hot as Sami Zayn is. It wasn't just the fact that Daniel Bryan was super hot in 2014. It was also the fact that people just did not want to see Batista in that match on Mania. And I, everyone loved Batista, but the difference with Batista was that him and Orton, that match on paper, fucking sucked. So... The match with Cody and Roman on paper, at least in many people's opinion, in my opinion as well, does not suck, so therefore there's no real reason to rebel. I feel like some people are trying to manifest Cody getting booed, even though there's no, there's no real reason to boo him at this current point. Yeah, I think I said I kind of try my best to articulate it right there. I think it's more the fact that Cody is like their, you know, like the perception of what it is is Cody's like what they want, when Sammy now is like organically over mm-hmm. and people want instead so i don't think they'll like i said i don't think they'll boo cody it's, I, I, I see people always i have seen people on twitter comparing it to uh like batista like so that's totally different like cody is over if you don't think cody's over you just i mean get your eyes checked because he's clearly over i just think he's like the hand-picked guy from the company and like that's clearly the story they've been telling while sammy is organically getting over and he has been more linked to the roman reigns bloodline scenario when cody's kind of it's more about winning the belt is kind of his story than actually beating Reigns, I guess. So I understand, but I don't think he'll get booed. I really don't. I would take that story and turn it into a positive, everything you just said, and use that as more of a reason to have, potentially, depending on what the landscape looks like, have Sammy be the one to beat Cody Rhodes at some point down the road. You can tell that exact same story of what you just said. Sammy facing Cody, and Cody is the chosen one. And we all know he can be a great heel. We all saw that in New Japan and Ring of Honor. And AEW actually was never a heel, although he basically was at the end. <laughs> he didn't want to admit it, but he was basically a heel. He's a great fucking heel. Um, I think him being the corporate champion, the chosen guy, a la Roman Reigns right now, I wouldn't do that anytime soon. Cody's white hot. Unless they, again, butcher his booking or his reign isn't interesting or for whatever reason, I think to jump ahead to that anytime soon would be premature. Um, we already have a top heel in Roman Reigns. Cody would always be 1B if that was the case. Unless they turn Roman back babyface, which is also possible. 
Uh, long story short, I do think Sami Zayn can remain in the title hunt for as hot as he is right now. I've told you this before. I do think there's still a chance. I will eat my words if not. I just I still think there's a chance, and with Triple H in charge, I'm, I'm faithful, that we could still see Sami in the title picture at some point down the road. He could win Money in the Bank. He could be the one to dethrone Cody. He could be the one to take the belt off of whoever takes it off of Cody. I mean, Seth Rollins could be the one to take it off of Cody Rhodes. Rollins goes back to being a heel, and Sami takes it from him. There's a lot of different directions they can go in. Um, I have always said, though, that to me, the story with Sami Zayn is with him and Jey Uso, and with him and the tag titles, him and with Kevin Owens. So that's why I would do that. Again, someone trying to argue, I mean, listen, I know the tag titles are not the world title. I understand that. But someone trying to argue with me on Twitter the other day saying, listen, no one cares about the tag titles. Considering the Usos have been champions for two fucking years now and have been great champions, have defended them consistently, it will be a big deal when they lose it. People think all about Roman Reigns and being champion for two and a half years. The Usos have been champions for almost two years as well. That's a pretty big accomplishment. That can't go understated here. And then being in a featured match at Mania, I mean, that will make the match even that much more important. I know that they're not a tag team, Owens and Zayn are, like consistently, um, I do think it'll be, st- I mean, there's no other team that comes to mind that's going to be facing or beating rather the Usos at WrestleMania than Owens and Sami Zayn. To me, it's got to be them. And then from there, you can figure it out. They don't have to have a month long reign. They could be champion for six months, help elevate another team by beating them, whether it be a heel fucking, I don't know, profits or something. I have no idea. I don't, I'm not really sure, but there's a lot of different directions you can go. So we'll see. Listen, I'll eat my words. If this doesn't work out come Mania and the Cody Rhodes <laughs> route is uh, the wrong way to go, then I'll, I'll say as much. But for right now, I think there's honestly nothing wrong with what they're doing. I have faith with what they're doing so far. That's not to say Triple H is undefeated with booking decisions since taking over. There's been a lot of questionable moves made. Not not many, but a handful. Um, I think that they should stay the course with Cody, Roman, and Sammy and watch it work wonders on the way to Elimination Chamber as well because that match with Sammy and Roman is going to be fucking great. You know that crowd in Montreal is going to be hot for that match as they will likely be for the rest of the card. So since we last spoke last week, we got a full slate of matches for this show, and we'll kind of get into a little bit of... We'll we'll talk about Raw here, obviously, because a lot of it has to do with Raw, Um, but also made official. We're getting the contract signing on Monday's Raw, so I'm not sure if the graphic has come out yet for the pay-per-view. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley 3. I've been saying forever now the endgame should be at WrestleMania. I mean, I, I still think the endgame will be at Mania because how do you blow this off with the pay-per-view before Mania and then it come up with something completely different for Brock to do? Um, I don't see that really happening. So uh, we're getting the third match at Elimination Chamber. Maybe it ends in a draw. I could certainly see that happening. But either way, I'm stoked. Brock and Bobby 3 at Chamber. Let's fucking go. That sounds cool to me. No, I'm excited. I can't wait. I mean, yeah, I mean, talk about prodigal sons. You got to get the pro- Canadian prodigal son Brock Lesnar in there. So, uh, no, I'm excited. <laughs> I think this would be a good match. I like what they've done so far with Bobby and Brock. I think the end game, like you said, should be WrestleMania. I, I mean, it would just be weird to blow it off here. And then, I mean, I guess you could go with, I think, I mean, I'm waiting for Cody, or not Cody, Gunther and, and Brock, but I, I just don't think that's the direction they're going with their WrestleMania. So we'll see what they do, but I think this will be good. And like you said, it could end like a draw or a disqualification or something. Um, and then we get Brock and, and Bobby at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think Gunther facing Brock at this point, although I know it was teased at the Rumble, I feel like it would just be way too rushed. The Bobby feud, they've been telling that story for so long now that to blow that off now and then to not wait. I mean, it's like it's like fucking dropping the ball at the 90-yard line. It just doesn't make much sense. I mean, just finish the story through Mania, get through that, and then you could focus honestly on Lesnar and Gunther come SummerSlam, which also, by the way, is now official for Detroit. Whoop-de-dee-doo. 
Uh, we'll see how that goes. Their first time at Ford Field since WrestleMania 23. I've never been to Detroit, so maybe I'm, uh, you know, shit-talking it unnecessarily. My my apologies to anyone in Detroit, but, you know, just thinking about it now as someone who goes to a lot of these shows, I'm thinking, eh, not exactly a state or a place I would love to go visit, but, you know, it is what it is. I'll likely be at that show, and uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll exceed my expectations. Regardless, though, I wouldn't do Brock and Gunther at Mania. I think Gunther and Sheamus, if not Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew, is probably the way to go for the Intercontinental Championship. Would you agree? Yeah, what's, what's I mean, what's like looking at the car now and what where you slot people? I feel like that would make the most sense. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if this match with Brock and Bobby is going to have a stipulation. Uh, they're having the contract signing on Monday, and Brock said he, or Bobby rather said he was going to have his lawyer look it over and his manager and blah blah blah. Um, I don't think so. I think, honestly, doing a draw is the way to go. They're both tied one win apiece. If you have one of them win here, then it's like, okay, are they going to be 2-2 two and two after Mania? I don't know. So I, I would just have it go to a draw or a non-finish or something. I don't know if they break the ring. I mean, I feel like that's been done to death. Maybe a non-double you know, a double count out or something, just an all-out fucking brawl. Maybe the Hurt Business get involved. I, I would be cool with that because they're kind of back on the same page. There's a lot of different ways you can go with it. So I'm looking forward to that match. Uh, the Elimination Chamber matches are now both set. Uh, one for the United States Championship, the other for the Raw Women's Championship. Not for the title itself, but rather a number one contender shot with a winner facing Bianca Belair at WrestleMania for the title. So let's talk about the United States Championship one first. Didn't have a ton of time to talk about it last week. But we got Seth Rollins in there, the defending champion Austin Theory, of course. Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, and just qualified in Monday's Raw Montez Ford with a win over Elias. And Damian Priest with a win over um, Angelo Dawkins. That's looking like a pretty stacked chamber to me. And there's a lot of different ways that one can go, uh, with a lot of different people potentially walking out United States champion. No, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a fun match. And like you said, I think they have good people in there. I think there's plenty of possibilities or different directions they go in. And I'm actually pretty excited for it. I think every guy in there has a claim to, to possibly win the belt. So it's not like, oh, that guy has zero chance to win. I think, honestly, they all have, I think probably Priest or Rollins probably would say don't have a great chance but I think they're still like I would I think it's one of those things that people wouldn't be mad if they won I don't think so I think I think it's gonna be a fun little match I'm, I'm very interested with what they do here we'll talk more about it next week but do you have an early pick for the match um I mean I I feel like everyone keeps saying that theory's gonna lose so I just have a feeling he's gonna win um I mean, they keep saying him and Cena at WrestleMania doesn't need the belt, no. I agree, yeah. I agree with that, yeah. But, I mean, like, if he doesn't... I feel like you said that he doesn't need the belt, but then if he doesn't... Like, I just don't really know what direction they go in with the U.S. belt if he's for WrestleMania. So, I mean, my early prediction would be Theory. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be against, like, Bronson Reed winning it because um, they really haven't really done much with him, so I don't really know where you go with him next if he doesn't win. Um, but I'm going to go with Theory as of now, but it could change next week. Yeah, Damien's probably going to be in Finn Balor's corner at Mania or Dominic's or whatever, or both. So I don't think he needs to win. Montez is just in there to have a great showing. I would have him last a little while, do a you know frog splash off the top of the pod. That'd be awesome. So that really comes down to four people. Rollins should absolutely not win. Been there, done that. And also, if he's facing Logan Paul at WrestleMania... That match, even more so than Cena in theory, does not need the United States Championship. So Rollins should not win. Rollins can eliminate Theory to kind of blow off that feud, but he doesn't need to win. You know, Theory winning... The thing with Theory and Cena is that being for the United States Championship, I do want the match at Mania, and the match makes sense. 
Do you think Theory being champion going in, though, makes it obvious? Because I know Cena has history with the championship, and it would be a cool attraction for the title. I just don't think Cena wins. Cena only works one match a year, unless he works the next night's Raw and loses it, which I feel like would be a complete fucking waste. I feel like it makes it obvious that Theory might win, so I'm not really sure. And honestly, I don't even think Theory needs to win. I've said this before. I don't know if you would agree. I know you're a big Theory guy. I think Theory can lose and can still look good in defeat because John Cena hasn't won in God knows how long. I know he won that tag team match on SmackDown back in December. Beyond that, though, he has not won in forever. But no one really thinks about that because it's John Cena, so I get it. I was going to say, I think if anything, it, it would even if it was for the belt, Theory winning would, I mean... It would put him over more the fact that he beat John Cena than anything else. No, I, listen, I'm not saying Cena needs to win. I, I'm just saying I don't think I'd be upset like I would be when he beat Bray at WrestleMania 30. Uh, if, if, if Cena beat him, I'd be pretty pissed. Okay, I, personally, I would not because I understand. Because Cena's... Yeah, but like... I feel like at this point, Cena's like, he's the ve- he's the veteran that can lose. Like you said, like people don't like... He can win like off these matches and like whatever the fuck. Like, I feel like at this point in his career, it's like this is the time he's supposed to be putting people over. Like... Didn't he has. He put a lot of people over. Who? Roman Reigns? He put over Roman Reigns. He put over... He lost the the, the Fiend at WrestleMania a couple years ago when he was here. Um, I mean, he hasn't really had many matches is the thing. So you, you just said he put over all these people. You said he beat... Roman Reigns beat him in the Fiend thing. I mean, that, like... He didn't get panned. That's, like, whatever. Like, that's that's... That's whatever. I mean, in the last couple... Okay, well, not even recently, but just thinking on the grander scale. He lost to Kevin Owens in Kevin Owens' debut. He lost to Rusev a, a yeah, time or two. Yeah, and then he beat him the next two times that it mattered. Okay, he lost to Undertaker WrestleMania 34. I mean, he put him over, although he's not exactly making a new star. He lost to him in, in, in 2018. He lost... He failed to win the WWE title in 2018. He lost the uh, Universal title match in 2018. He was back for a whole heap of matches, that he all, all of which he lost. So, I mean, he does lose more than... I mean, if you look at his win-loss record, he's lost a lot of matches. Eh, I'm looking at it right now. I don't really see too many. Like, the other one, there are house shows. I mean, like, well, you gotta you gotta weed those ones out. Yeah, but, like, I'm looking at it here. Like, he lost to Rollins in 2018. Yep. He lost to The Undertaker. He lost to The Fiend. Like I said, I don't really count that. Uh, Roman. Ben Riddle beat the... That was a dark match. I was sad. Do not remember that. Lost to Roman <laughs> Reigns, and then he beat. Oh, uh, he beat Zayn and Reigns in 2022. Like he really hasn't wrestled that much recently. So I said, like I said, I feel like people really don't remember. Like he's putting over. If anything, like he lost to Roman Reigns in 2017. But like in the last few years, the only people he lost to is literally Rollins and Roman Reigns. Like legit pinned in a match. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Undertaker and yeah, that's it. Okay. okay. Well, you're not wrong. I agree with that. <laughs> but here's the thing. But again, this is what I go back to. You're not wrong. I just think Cena is a, I can't say this because then you can say the same argument with Bray. My, my, I was going to say Cena is a big enough star to me where it's like, it's not a shoe in that theory has to win. I know you could say this. Well, if that's the case, then why didn't Bray beat him at WrestleMania 30? Or you can make the case, well, if that's the case, then why didn't Bray look good in defeat at Mania 30? I guess it's all about the follow-up, too. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I just feel like it's so, like, you're saying, like, you don't care if he loses, and then look on the contrary. So you're saying that, or someone said that you that the tag, blah, 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 blah. the tag titles don't mean shit, and your thing was, well, they've held the belts for however long they've held them. But then you could also poke holes in that and say, yeah, they've held the belts for X amount of time. 
But whenever they face, like, anyone that Romans face, they literally get their ass kicked at every other, like, they never, like, they get crushed by Owens, they get crushed by Sheamus, they get crushed by Drew McIntyre. Like, they can't win a match. Like, yeah, they beat all these tag teams, but you put, put them in any other match, they get killed. So it's like, the tag titles mean something because they've held them, but, like, in any other circumstance, besides defending the belts, they lose all, all the time. They, they're not protected, but they still win when it matters most. I'm not saying their reign is perfect. I'm just saying their reign is be- their, their reign is probably the best that the company has had tag team title-wise in the last 10 or 15 years. I can't think of another reign that would be better than theirs. Not just because of the length, but because of how consistently they've, they've defended it, the quality of matches, and the level of opponents as well. No, I, I, like I said, I think they've done well. I just... Hey, you gotta throw, gotta throw the other side in there too. No, exactly. Listen, I agree. Pros, <laughs> pros and cons to every oh, reign. Listen, I would if you compare it. Like Gunther's reign is far better than the Usos because I mean he hasn't held the belt for two years, but he's been champion for what nine, eight months, and he's been protected, and he's won every match, and he doesn't wrestle a lot. The Usos wrestle a lot and lose every fucking non-title match they have. So listen, I agree. It's all about being protected too. But they're also still two of the biggest stars in the company are the Usos, and they're one of the biggest factions in WWE history. Um, with Theory, he's not, the thing with Theory is this, is that I think, I'm not saying he should lose, I'm just saying that I would not be upset, but the more I think about it now, I'm not really sure what the point would be of Cena winning, if Theory's gonna be the one on Raw the next night, what the fuck do you do with him from there? That's what I, I was literally just about to fall up, I said, I was literally just gonna say, well, if he loses to, to Cena, then what do you do with him next? And not only that, but the last time that we saw that we saw them interact about a year ago, Theory was a goof. He won the briefcase. Booked like a total fucking loser. And they've done a nice job of building him back up since then by making him more serious. He's won more matches. He's been more a little more protected. He's not losing every fucking week. Um, he's, he's, he's got his edge back. I don't think he should be losing that edge by losing to Cena at WrestleMania. I mean, he could still be aggressive after that, but I'm just saying he kind of loses a bit of his mystique if he just gets built up to lose to Cena, and then that's it. So, I just me personally, I I, I stand by what I said. I wouldn't be mad if Cena wins because I'm not. I, maybe you know what? Honestly, maybe part of it is the fact that it's fucking WWE. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be shocked at all if they had Cena win because. It's WWE. Triple H, Vince, doesn't matter who's in charge. It's John Cena. He's their guy. It's WrestleMania. Maybe it's because not yet do I see theory on Cena's level. I mean, no one will ever be on Cena's level, but aside from maybe Roman Reigns. But I feel like in order to get him to Cena's level, he needs to beat John Cena. So that's probably why. I, maybe I'm, I won't be mad because I'm expecting it. That's probably what it is. Can't just use logic on me. Now we're using logic on each other. I love this sort of stuff. So we'll see what happens. I mean, that's not for another couple months, but that's a WrestleMania match you could do. As far as who you can have win the championship, I mean, again, that we I know we went on a, uh, on a side tangent with Theory and Cena. I wouldn't keep the belt on Theory. I don't think he needs to be champion at this point. I don't think that Matt Cena needs the championship. I would rather make a new star in Johnny or Bronson personally. Um, you can even do Bronson and Johnny at Mania as like an undercard match on the show for the championship. I mean, Raw has a lot of mid-card talent, so... I'm done on the whole, oh, seven-man ladder match. I mean, that shit's always fun, but it's like we see that shit every year, so I'm not really interested in that. Um, The women's chamber, I feel like, is a bit more clear-cut. Winner earning a Raw Women's Championship opportunity at WrestleMania. We've got Asuka in there, who should obviously win the whole thing. Uh, Carmella qualifying this week. Raquel Rodriguez. Liv Morgan. um, Nikki Cross. Who was the other Raw woman that was in there? Um... 
But I already said Asuka. And then there was a SmackDown female as well. Oh, Natalia. Natalia qualified last week on SmackDown. I rolled my eyes when that happened last week. I'm thinking, why? Like, she's not going to win. Who gives a shit? But then I realized, I remembered, they're going to be in Canada. Give her her moment. Cool. She'll appreciate it. The crowd will like to see it. Uh, whatever. She'll be one of the first ones gone, I think. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so Natalia's not winning. Carmella, I wasn't, I wasn't mad that she won because, you know, she's been gone for a while. I like Carmella. I like the fact they're kind of giving her her NXT character back with a little bit of flavor from her last character. So I actually kind of like what they're doing with her. Um, I'm, I'm happy she won. She didn't pin Piper Niven, so I was fine with that. She's not winning either. She's already faced Bianca a ton. She's not getting in the match with her. So that that eliminates them. Nikki Cross sure as fuck ain't winning. Yeah, Liv, maybe, Raquel, possibly. It really only comes down to Asuka. I feel like it's got to be Asuka challenging and potentially winning the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, like you said, this is... I mean, if I was betting my next paycheck, it'd all go on Asuka. I mean, not that it's bad. It's, I feel like it's pretty blatant, but yeah, I, I think it's... I would say it's easily her. I think it's got to be her as the new Kana character that she's been doing. We saw in her action. We saw her in action on Monday's Raw facing Chelsea Green. We didn't have a really a lot of time to talk about this last week in the Women's Rumble. Chelsea Green came back in that match after months of speculation. She was WWE bound. She was one of those people when the name came up several times. It was obvious she was coming back. Her her uh, impact run winded down. She left there a couple of months ago. She's one of those names that every time it was brought up, I wasn't really overly excited that she was coming back just because. Um, she's done some good work outside of WWE the last couple of years. She's wrestled for a lot of different promotions. She was in Ring of Honor for a minute. She's been in Impact. She was doing some stuff in the NWA. She was in GCW doing stuff with her husband. I think her and Matt Cardona are a great pairing together. Um, her coming in on her own didn't really interest me. But honestly, I think that being said, it's not like she's coming in as, oh, generic wrestler number five, let's give her a push. No, she's coming in with a Karen character, which I was really, I was like, oh God, here we go. But I think so far, she's actually done well with it, and she can be like a, an interesting and enhancement talent on the show. Not to say she'll always lose. She need, she'll probably have to win some matches eventually. But honestly, so far from what I've seen, I've actually liked what I've seen from her. She plays the role really well. I was curious what your take on that was. Um, it's there. Um, okay, so not really feeling one way or the other so far. I don't love it, but I don't overly hate it. I don't know. I guess I just need to see it fleshed out a little bit. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I think she's a good wrestler. I just, I don't know. I feel like I don't love the character, so maybe that's what's, like, kind of putting up the wall for me. I think she's good, and I'm glad, it's, like you said, it's, it's it's something different. It's not like wrestler A or wrestler B. It's like she kind of has her own identity to that point, but I guess I just have to see a little bit more because, like, off the rip, I don't love it. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the long shelf life for it is. I mean, so far I've liked what I've seen. I think she plays the role well, like I said. I think, again, I think it's better than her coming in and just presenting her as just another woman on the roster, like we've seen with Candice and Meechin. I mean, Meechin, they tried a little bit more by putting her in the OC, but that didn't exactly work out. Um, Tegan Knox is another woman on the roster over on SmackDown. So they've done it with a lot of women. They're doing something different. She's got a decent amount of TV time so far. So listen, we'll see where it goes. I, I like it so far. Um, they've repackaged and brought back a lot of women, so she's not going to get pushed out of the gate at all. So I think what they're doing with her is uh, a nice change of pace personally. Uh, one other thing, or two other things from Raw, actually. We talked about Elimination Chamber. Actually, three things from Raw. The main event of the opening segment were the two two of the bigger parts of the show. Um, one match made official for Elimination Chamber. Edge and Beth Phoenix in action. 
intergender tag team match against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley at Elimination Chamber. Rhea is facing Charlotte at Mania, but she's going to get this mixed tag team match first. I'm looking forward to this. I like the setup on Monday's Raw. The crowd was super happy to see Edge. They'll be nuts for him in Canada come Elimination Chamber. I think it's a great holdover match for all four people before Edge likely faces Finn at WrestleMania, uh, possibly inside Hell in the Cell. I know that was the rumor at one point for Royal Rumble. Didn't work out. Edge was filming a show for Disney+, Plus, uh, the Percy Jackson show. So now they'll probably hold that off until Mania. I like this a lot. It feels like an attraction for that show. Doesn't really matter to me who wins. And uh, yeah, I'm a fan of it. I like the fact that it came together on Monday's Raw and the way that, it, they, that they did so in setting it up. No, I thought it was good. Um, like I said, I think it's a nice little holdover for Rhea before she goes on to WrestleMania against Charlotte. Uh, interested with it. Like I said, I don't know what they're going to do. I'd still probably be Edge and Finn at WrestleMania. I'm assuming some stipulation, but um, I think that, like I said, it'll be a great reaction for Edge in Canada. Nice little match on the show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, not made official yet, but in the main event on Raw this past week, we saw Becky Lynch best Bailey in a steel cage match. Uh, a good cage match, uh, better than the one from the, that main event to Vengeance Day, in my opinion. Um, I thought they worked well together. The crowd was into it. A good match. They probably just ran the exact same angle they were going to do at Raw 30 because Lita was backstage at that show as well, was not used, and now we know why, because they were saving her for this show. So Lita came out as the backup for Becky Lynch. Now, as other people have pointed out, from a storyline standpoint, how much sense does this really make? Because a year ago at this time, at Elimination Chamber, in fact, it was Becky beating Lita to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Has she since gained a respect for her? Yes. Has Becky talked about, in the past, idolizing Lita? Yes. The thing is, though, we never actually saw that sign of respect on TV. I'm sure we don't necessarily have to see everything on the show. They'll explain it next week. This isn't a big nitpick. It's just like, okay, the last time we saw them, they were rivals. So why the fuck would Lita want to save Becky? Um, she probably called her up and said she wanted backup and apologized or whatever for treating her like shit a year ago. And she gained her respect after beating her at the pay-per-view last year. I don't know. But the current rumor is, with Becky winning this match, the feud is not over, which I was hoping it would be. But um, it looks like not at WrestleMania, but rather at Elimination Chamber. It might be all of damage control, assuming Dakota Kai can go by then. She's currently hurt. She's been walking around in crutches. Versus Becky Lynch, Lita, and potentially, reportedly, Trish Stratus, uh, who we have not seen in the ring since SummerSlam 2019, in Canada, actually, I think in Toronto specifically, when she lost to Charlotte Flair in what was a great match. That was said to be her retirement match, but obviously not if she's coming back uh, at a retirement for a second time at um, at Elimination Chamber in a six-woman tag team match. So if that's the case, that sounds sick. Trish, I would assume, would, set up, uh, would return on Raw this coming week to set that up. That sounds cool. Um, I don't know what that means for Mania and what you do with Becky and Bailey there, but again, as an attraction at Elimination Chamber with Trish being from Canada, that sounds cool to me. No, yeah, I'm definitely down. I I, I saw the rumor and I literally screamed, so, yeah. That sounds like a WrestleMania match to me, but again, Trish is from Canada, I get it. If they do that at the pay-per-view next weekend, what does that mean, do you think, for WrestleMania, for all the women involved, specifically Becky and Bailey, though? Do they make Becky or rather Bianca and Asuka four-way with them involved? I mean, what do you do? Um, I'm not sure what you do, honestly. I think, I mean, I realistically, I mean, this is so fantasy, it's not funny. I really, like, I don't want to see Becky and Bailey at WrestleMania. I mean, I'm so over this. I honestly would have her and Trish somehow face each other at WrestleMania, if possible. I mean, I know they had heat, like, a couple years, when Becky was the man, like, so they, like, had, like, that little heat at, like, a house show in Toronto, and. They like tweet at each other and shit. Like I would go in that direction. I really don't want to see Bailey and Becky again. 
I think if it's not her, I feel like Trish and, and, and Becky would be a great WrestleMania match for no belt, but um, that's kind of just me of fantasy booking there. But, I mean, I don't want to see them added to Bianca and and and, and, and uh, Oscar, presumably, she wins. So, I, I mean, I know I don't want to see them just them two against each other again. So, that's what I would do. Then I don't know really, really what you do with Bailey at that point, but that's, that's what I would do. But, like I said, that's mostly just fantasy booking out of my ass. Yeah, well, I would not do the four-way, first of all, just because... Definitely know, not. No, I just don't think that makes much sense. Why would you have a chamber to you know determine a number one contender and then not have two women in it who eventually get a title shot anyway by not doing anything? That to me makes no what just because they're Becky and Bailey. That's stupid. I just think that's dumb. Becky's been in a title match every year. She's been at WrestleMania for the last couple of years. She doesn't need to be in a title match at WrestleMania this year. It doesn't make much of a difference. Um. I got to be fair here though. Listen, I said this about Brock and Bobby. I have to apply this as well. It's hard to do a long-term feud with Brock and Bobby being an example and then to end it right before Mania. I was content with this being it for the feud only because because I thought this would be it. I didn't think they would be doing something with each other at Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber is as close as it gets to WrestleMania. So for a feud this long to blow it off before Mania seems strange to me. A third one-on-one match because they've now split victories. Bailey beat Becky back in late December. Becky won the cage match via interference. Could you do one more match at Mania? I think if it was the right stipulation, yeah. Does it really have my interest? No. The storyline in the feud has been good. Um, I also just think it's weird that Becky would say last week, oh, we're going to end this thing in Orlando where it started, and then it, I don't know, doesn't end in Orlando. That's a little weird to me. So I'm kind of ready for the feud to be over. There's nothing on the line. Again, there's nothing on the line with Brock and Bobby, but again, to me, that feud's been more interesting, so I'm okay with that. Becky and Bailey's been good. I've liked the feud. It's a good use of both women outside of the title picture. I, do you do a third match? And if so, does... So I also think with them, too, it's like they're on Raw every week. Brock and Bobby, like Brock will probably come back like one more time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It won't be like, like I said, we might maybe get more progression or like maybe you can just do something with him and MVP if the Hurt Business comes out together or something like that. Like I just feel like with Becky and Bailey, we're going to get them on Raw again for the next month before WrestleMania like there's still it's still a month and a half before WrestleMania month and a half before WrestleMania anyway so we're gonna get another month and a half of them on Raw like no thanks I'm just it's not a blood feud I'm just kind of over at this point I'd, I'd rather see something like I said I'd rather see something like even how far-fetched the Trish thing is I'd way rather see that as a one-off than see Becky and Bailey for the, like 10th time I just don't care no I agree because especially since I think with Brock and Bobby there's still more they can do to an extent I just think that they haven't left everything on the table Becky and Bailey they've had so many promos and they've had a few matches by this point I feel like we've seen their best on the mic there's really not much more creatively they can cover matches yeah they could do another match sure but as far as the feud what more are you accomplishing by by stretching out the feud there's nothing more they can do they've done it all promo wise they've touched every subject for the most part you could do another match with another step, but it's like, okay, if Becky beats Bailey again, as she probably would and should, what does she really gain from that? So, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset. I would, I would, I would rank it as I would do. I would have saved this six-woman tag team match for the pay, for fucking WrestleMania. That to me feels like a bigger attraction than anything else with Bailey and Becky right now, personally. Um, your idea of Trish and Becky one-on-one. I'm okay with that. I mean, they would have to make it make sense. I know you can you can go back to the history between the two that you mentioned. 
I mean, technically, you could if they did the match at Elimination Chamber, you could have Trish cost them the match. Yeah, maybe not turn heel, but maybe she. Well, I was gonna say I mean, maybe. I feel like she would go heel over Becky. I feel like I mean Becky. Oh, you know, Becky should not go heel. That would be fucking dumb. Um, I, maybe you could just have some miscommunication. It'd be babyface versus babyface. But honestly, again, thinking about it right now, she's talked about this before. One more heel run for Trish would be pretty nice. I'm not gonna lie. I feel no, like he, that'd be cool. No, I agree. We haven't seen her as a heel in God knows what, 15 years, 17 years? She hasn't been a heel at all, and anytime she's come back since then, so. Yeah, the last time I remember she was a heel is when she had, like, the uh, face guard. Like, yeah, like, back in 20, uh, 2005, I think, when she was feeding with, uh, let me check right now, it's Ashley Massaro, I believe, and uh, fucking Maria and everyone else. So, yeah, um, I think that, that that would be sweet. I don't know if they would turn her heel in Canada um, and where she's from, but. You know, maybe on the next night's Raw or something. I don't know. Just an idea. I think it would be cool. I agree. I I would rather see that now that you mention it more than uh, another Becky Bailey match. I think Bailey. I'm sorry. I feel bad not putting her in a match at Mania, but she could just she could just manage damage control if they defend the tag titles against Ronda and Shayna, which was reportedly the plan anyway. So I don't know. Uh, one more thing on Raw, not Chamber related, but we saw Baron Corbin fall short this week against Dexter Loomis. And we talk about Corbin a lot here on the show as he's really felt like he's gone backwards in recent years. He has a lot of accolades. Former United States champion, Raw GM, Andre the Giant. boxing champion, don't forget that one. Boxing, Golden Gloves boxing champion, Andre the Giant, Memorial Battle Royal winner, Mr. Money in the Bank. He's done a lot in WWE, King of the Ring winner as well. Um, His characters, though, have progressively gotten worse. And I like the return to Baron Corbin. I like the pairing with JBL. It ended up just being the same thing as Happy Corbin. And he won a string of matches to start, but he hasn't won any matches in the last two or three months. And they finally had JBL split off from Baron Corbin this past week on Raw. And JBL basically started shooting on the guy. (laughs) I mean, he wasn't... JBL was not shooting when he said, oh, I headlined WrestleMania. He actually did not. He did walk into WrestleMania's WWE champion. He didn't main event, but whatever. Um, He said he was a massive ratings draw. Again, he was not, but whatever. Um, him saying that Baron Corbin is channel changing heat from people is definitely a shoot. That is totally the truth with a lot of people. And this is coming from someone who really likes Baron Corbin. And I've tweeted this a lot. I just think a return to either dark Baron Corbin would be nice. I just don't know what the fuck else you do with him. I mean, bum ass Baron Corbin ain't coming back. I, I hate to break people's hearts. That shit was great when it happened, but it was short lived and that thing didn't have a long shelf life anyway. You can't do that forever. So I don't really know what he does next, but I think a return of Dark Corbin to a certain extent, get him more aggressive, would be a nice touch. I don't know, but we already have a lot of big guys that do that sort of thing, like Damien and Bronson Reed and whatever. Omos is a big giant, so I don't really know if that works, but it's better than whatever the fuck he's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, like, I think we talked about it last week. I think I just ran with you. I don't know, he lost to somebody. He lost to Johnny in a qualifier. Okay, that's what it was. So, like, I literally think I mentioned, I was like, I feel like if anyone, like, has got terrible bookings at Triple H, it has been him. I liked, I thought, like I said, I thought him and the JBL pairing, I'm like, oh, this would be pretty cool. Like, freshen him up. But like you said, I feel like he was still happy Corbin just with JBL on his arm. It's just like, it's still, it's like the same thing, just they changed his name and they put JBL, like, as a mouthpiece. Like, nothing else really changed. Like, he still lost all the time. So it's like, booking-wise, he got, he didn't change at all. Um, lost here again. The only thing you really can do with him at this point, like you said, is going kind of closer to his NXT, like, I guess his persona, but I feel like it would be so close to Damian Priest. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, he has done a lot, but it's just like, he's done a lot for someone that just like, no one 
cares about. I don't want to know if that sounds too harsh. No, but. it's not. I mean, he's a guy that just, I think, generates currently apathy from the crowd. He does get heat, don't get me wrong, but it's like, okay, is it the right kind of heat? Or like, I know people, oh, oh heat is good. I, I guess, dude, but just no one gives no, a fuck uh, about Baron Corbin. I don't know. Uh, I don't agree with that. Like, he's like, he's starting to get in Ziggler territory. Like, starting? Fucking okay, <laughs> mean, but at least he's changed his gimmick a few times or changed up a little bit. Like, yeah. Dolph Ziggler would have been the same guy for 15 years. I agree, I yeah. Like, honestly, for Corbin, like, if it's not go back to the, the, the darker Corbin, honestly, go away for six months to a year. Like, he just needs to get off TV. I just, I feel like he just, how can I miss if you don't go away? I feel like he's been on WWE TV constantly. Like I said, he's won a lot and done a lot of accolades. It's just, I just, he's just not that good. I don't know how to describe it. Like, he's just... He's just there. I, I, I feel bad because I think he's a good talent, but I just don't think the crowd cares. And like you said, I, I thought putting JBL would help, but, I mean, they didn't book him well either, so I don't really, really know what the point of it was. Yeah. But, um, and then JBL's I, not booked for any Raws going forward either, apparently. But, like, why put him with JBL in the first place? Like, what did they think? Like, what was the... like? Yeah, exactly, I, guess, I agree, yeah. Like, did they think he was going to get, like, nuclear heat? Like, I feel like people still didn't like him, but, like, I just... I don't know. I, like I said, I think he's one of those people that just needs to go away for a little bit, maybe learn a new hold and <laughs> the, the quote the old towers, but like he needs to go away for a little bit. I, I don't I don't think like in a week or two changing him to old school Baron Corbin's gonna help. No. I think he needs to be away for a little bit. I like I said, I think it is very priest esque. So we'll see what happens. But if I was them I, I would take him off T V for a little bit and like I said, maybe go learn a new hold or something because he is so he has, like you said, everyone says any heat's good heat, but for him, it's a legit turn. Like, it's not like, I'm going to boo you. It's like, just go away, please. Yeah, it's just that he's in the same spot that he was in six months ago, if not worse, um, as he was his happy Corbin. He had a featured match at Mania last year. No fucking way he gets a featured match at Mania this year. He had, he faced Drew McIntyre, which was more of a demotion for McIntyre than it was a promotion for Corbin. But, you know, the match actually ended up being pretty good. Remember um, when people cried that McIntyre kicked out of the end of this? I know. I trust me. People were thinking, "Oh, why would you waste that?" It's like, dude, the Mac, the, the finish has been protected for seven years now. If, if he's not, if he's, if no one's going to kick out of it now, if Drew's not going to kick out of it now, then no one will ever kick out of it. Which is, I guess, fine. But it's Baron Corbin. It's not like people act like he's under the giant. Who gives a shit? <laughs> but uh, listen, I, I, you said he was a good talent. You also said he wasn't very good. I think he is a good talent. I like Baron Corbin. I think he's good enough in the ring. To where he's not bad. It's not like it's fucking Omas or something. Omas seems like a, a, a gem of a human being. He's awful in the ring. He's really not that good. Corbin can go, I think, to an extent. But he's also not exceptional enough, really in any area, specifically in the ring, to really um, justify him being on the show as much as he is and to justify him just not doing anything interesting unless he has something interesting to do. He is a prime example of someone who needs a good gimmick in a good feud in order for him to feel worthwhile. And he just doesn't have either of those things right now. He doesn't, he's not a good program. He doesn't have any good gimmick going. He's very boring. Um, I, I really don't know what you do with him. You said take him off TV, see if learn a new hold would be nice. I love the end of days, and I love the deep six, but uh, you know, his in-ring work is fine. But listen, he was also off TV for a month and a half when before he became Baron Corbin again, before he came back with JBL, and that didn't make a fucking lick of a difference. I mean, he came back the same guy. 
So I don't know, man. I don't even know if time off would be the answer because he's done that and that didn't even work either. I know you. We, we say it all the time. Oh, is it damaged goods? I mean, I guess yeah. You know, he he probably is damaged goods. He's never he's never going to be world champion at this point. I don't know. I just feel like what worked for him best was that lone wolf character, but we already have a lot of that already. I would say put him back on. <laughs> the best part is I would say, oh, put him back on SmackDown away from Damien. He just moved from SmackDown. He was on SmackDown three months ago, and they put him on Raw for a reason. I don't fucking know, dude. Uh, I don't really know what the hell you do with this guy at this point. Man, it's crazy. I don't know. I like Baron. I want to see him do well. I've seen people say, hell, maybe you could put him, do have him do something with Cameron Grimes who we haven't seen yet. Maybe, maybe, maybe Cameron can bring the best out of him. We also, you know, I thought JBL would work out in his favor and it didn't. So I don't know, dude. It's just, uh, he, he's a weird case right now because I don't know what the hell you do with this guy if you're going to justify keeping him around on the roster. I'm not saying let go of him. I just don't know what else you do with him. No, I, I agree. I, like I said, I, I, maybe I was a little too strong that he's not good. I think he is good, but I think you hit nailed the, the nail on the head. That I think it just he's just boring. Like you said, I just, I, I, I people call him boring Corbin. I, I understand why. Like, yeah. I think technically wise as a big man, he's probably one of the better big men they have. But like I said, he's also been around for so long, and I just feel like he has done everything. So like you said, and it, it just, yeah. I thought. I, I mean, I think we all thought when when they brought JBL in, it was going to maybe revitalize him and. It, it really went, he went backwards or was right back to where Happy Corbin was. <laughs> so, like I said, I mean, yeah, he was off for a month. Maybe, like I said, maybe an extended period of time away um, would help. I just, I don't think, like, just turning him into old Baron Corbin's going to do much. No, I don't think so either. Um, you know, maybe, 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 you know, listen, I do think I would like to see it personally because that was my favorite version of Baron. I don't know if it's going to save his career at all. I think anything would be a nice change, but then I also said the same thing about Happy Corbin. It really hasn't made much of a difference at all, so I don't know. Dark Corbin would be nice. I said this before on Twitter, but uh, Dark Corbin would be cool. I think it's too close to Damian Priest, like you said. I would maybe justify it by putting him in Judgment Day. I know that sounds awful, because Judgment Day is great as it is. Do they need Corbin? No. It would probably drag them down, but I'm just thinking, you know, them and him and Priest as a powerhouse team would be cool, or him and Dominic would be interesting. I don't know. Just an idea. Um, as we wind down here, any overall thoughts on Judgment, on Judgment Day, on Vengeance Day from a uh, different day? Uh, I thought the show was actually good. I enjoyed the show. I thought the atmosphere in, where were they? North Carolina was great. Um, the opener was awesome. Wesley defending against Dijak was great. The North American Championship match. The rest of the card was good, albeit not great. Um, even the two out of three falls match that I thought would steal the show was was good. But again, not great. I thought it was very good, but not just didn't reach that next level. The steel cage match was kind of just nothing out of the ordinary. If you missed it, you missed nothing. Um, this kind of felt like a filler show before WrestleMania weekend. But again, being back on the road, I think, is a big step forward for NXT. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think it was the greatest show I've ever seen. But like I said, I think it was a nice, like, kind of first step back on the road. Um, I mean, everything with everything, how everything's changed on NXT. Like, they've lost a lot of people. They changed back to just NXT. They do have, like, a lot of green people on the show. They're trying to kind of, like, the cream trying to rise to the top and I understand it's not the easiest thing ever to do I feel like before you can't really compare it to old NXT because it was literally like the indies on in WWE basically at the at the beginning basically at the end so I think what that with the talent they have it was a pretty good show I, I like I said I think they just need to kind of develop more people and kind of flesh it out a little bit more but for what it was I thought it was like you said the first good step back on the road and uh, interested to see what it's like going into WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll see if uh, the Mania weekend shows any bigger or better. I would think it will be, and I hope it will be, especially if we're getting Breaker and Carmelo Hayes for the NXT Championship. 
I was thinking maybe Zoe Stark gets the next shot of the women's title, which is okay, you know, fine. I think Zoe's improved as a heel. Um, it might honestly be might it might be Mako Satamora because she's coming back on Tuesday. So uh, hey, Roxanne and Mako sign me the fuck up. That sounds awesome. So um, we'll see what they got in store for that show. Dynamite last night. I I enjoyed the show. I think they've been on a hot streak for most of 2022 so far. Um, I know you weren't a big fan of the, uh, you didn't catch the uh, gymnastics meet between the Elite and uh, AR Fox and Top Flight, which is fine. You know, I always say it, we always say it, if you're not your cup of tea, you won't like it, if it is, you'll love it. Um, didn't make or break the show for me, I just like the match. Um, the rest of the show was fine, Jamie Hayter picking up a win, the Guevara gauntlet was not great at all. Um, this was one of their weaker shows in the last couple of weeks, I still enjoyed the show. Um, I, I liked the opener, Roshan Danielson, I thought had a great match. Um, unfortunately, whatever momentum they had throughout the episode kind of died with the main event with, um, the guns becoming the new AEW world tag team champions and one of the flattest finishes I've seen in a while on this show. I know you like the guns and we talked about it before. I just don't think they're those guys. I guess they could be transitional champions for FTR, but in that case, why the fuck when FTR just beat the acclaimed? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's realistically, that's what the show's going to be meant. was going to be known for. I just... I thought I liked the guns, and I just I don't know, like they weren't doing anything, and then they ran away with that few with the with FTR. They beat them. And you're like, okay, I guess they're starting to get some momentum. But then like they kind of like this feud for me, like it just went like it's like more even more sports, sports entertainment than like raw is. Like I feel like they did like the goofy therapy thing, and then like the reclaimed face, like those goofy job guys last week, and then Billy like got involved, and then they gave him the title match. The match was with whatever. I think the gun gun club's good. I think they're both, like, obviously still pretty green. Like, they're still learning. But I think they're good. But I just didn't think putting the belts on them was the right time. The ref bump was one of the goofiest I've ever seen. The guy had, like, got hit by a fucking bus or an RPG. Like, he literally went flying through the room. <laughs> like, it was, it was honestly one of the most ridiculous ref bumps I've ever seen in my life. And then it's, like... It was so slow, and, like, it just, like, was, like, you want this to happen? Well, guess what? You're getting it. Yep. Like, you're reversing the ref counted so slow. You're like, are they really going to put the belts in the gun club? Like I said, I like them. I just wouldn't put my tag belts on them. I think, realistically, it just shows maybe how weak their tag team division kind of is right now. I mean, there really isn't that many teams. If you're, if you're losing the belts to the gun club, like, what other baby face could they even face besides the acclaim? You mentioned FTR. It would kind of be backwards booking if you ask me. Like, they lost all those belts just to come back and beat the gun club back. Like, I, I guess. But, like, they never even – they lost it one time that they even went for the AEW belts. And then they lost all the other ones and they're just going to beat the gun club. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense to me. But besides that, like, who else are they going to face? Like, I, I couldn't even name your baby face. Yeah, much, I don't know. Top Flight? Like, Top Flight? I don't know. It's the only thing I can even think of. So Top Flight, best friends? I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't even start with the best friend. So. <laughs> but, no, I thought it was a decent show. Like I said, I thought it was one of their weaker shows. And, and I thought they've had some pretty good shows. Uh, last week's show was, like, ants to me. I think this one was a little bit weaker in my mind. I just like, – and the MGF Takeshka match, I'm not a big fan of Takeshka. Whatever. How do we say his name? I think it's Takeshka, right? Yeah, Takeshka, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like people just get all – like, he can do the moves, yes. But, like, just, like, as a wrestler, it just doesn't do anything for me. Like, he's not interesting at all. Like, mm-hmm. okay, do all the moves. Like, anyone could, like, fucking, anyone could do the moves, I feel like, at the end of the day. You just have to be interesting or charismatic or whatever. But but that was fine. I thought the Roosh, I mean, like I said, I think it's so lazy and 
not entertaining at all. Like the whole, oh, MGF gives you seven guys, got to beat them to face them. So I will, the only positive is the matches are pretty good normally with Danielson. I thought this match with Roosh was good. I mean, the outcome was never, in, it was never up, like you never thought that he was going to win. Um, what else? The Pater Bunny match, match, yeah. Was whatever. I mean, it was there. Uh, she got dropped on her head at the very end, did not look good. Uh, before Pater hit it with a clothesline. Um, but I don't know why Bunny's getting an eliminator match anyways, but is what it is. Um, the Jericho stuff, I'm so over. Like, I was so over the inner circle. I'm even more over this Jericho Appreciation Society. It's just, it's so bad. I, I don't know how people think it's good. It's it's never, it really has never been good. It's, it's it, and I, you've said it a thousand times. I don't understand why Ricky Starks would want to face Jericho when he already beat him already clean. It'd be more the fact that Jericho wants to face him. But it's kind of like reverse. And it's like the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, the face Jericho, you got to beat these three or four guys. It's a little the same thing they do with MJF. The same exact thing. They just shortened it into one night, yeah. And I didn't watch the swing dancing, so that's what I thought of the show. Yeah, no, I don't know. I like the show. I'm just, uh, my overall take is that uh, the finish sucked. But um, I think they need to start kind of maybe not building stuff because I guess thinking about it now, they do have several matches they could do. Um, for Revolution, Revolution's in a month, dude. Revolution is in, I think, three weeks from this coming weekend. So today is the 9th, as we speak right now. I think I think February and March are the exact same calendar, so I'm almost positive it's in three weeks. If it's in three weeks and we only have three Dynamites left, um, they need to start announcing some matches. We at least have Danielson and MGF official on an Iron Man match for the World Championship. Beyond that, nothing else is made official. Um, you mentioned the Hater and Bunny match. What are we doing at Revel? Is it, I guess, Britt and Jamie versus um, Soraya and Tony? And if so, why does the world women's title feel like a complete afterthought? You know, I don't, I don't know what's going on there either. I like the story, but I just don't know what they're going for. I guess. Well, I think that's where the direction's going. You, you also misspoke. It's, it's, it's Hater and Britt versus NWO. Ah, exactly uh, right. I saw the comparisons online. I completely agree. Um, just kidding. I mean, people, the fact that people actually say that, they're just, just be less of a mark when we're at it, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I, th- I think that's the direction it's going. Like you said, I think the title's clearly an afterthought if it's a, just a tag match. But, uh, I mean, I thought we were getting Brit heel. I guess we're going in this. They're going to be baby faces now facing the heel Saray on Tony Storm. Whatever. I, I, I was kinda, I'd was i be more invested in Hater versus Brit, honestly, if Brit went heel. But we'll see. Maybe we get that double or nothing. Maybe we get that all out. Maybe we get that never. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, it's. I mean, clearly the belt's an afterthought if they're just doing a tag match. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do a four-way. We I feel like we've seen a million four-ways with the women for that title in the last couple of months, so probably not that. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what they got in store. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next week, though. I mean, the shows have usually been enjoyable, like I said. Raw as well. Uh, Elimination Chamber next week. And so more on that next week. We'll have more news on Elimination Chamber and our status for that show coming up in the show next week. I don't know when we'll record next week. It might be on Thursday. It might be some other point after that. We'll have more on that next week, like I said. There might not be a new episode Thursday, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Whenever it will be up next week, new episode on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, never miss a new episode every single Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it might be. I'm Mr. Marceau, brother. Have a great one. I'll catch you next week. Later, man. Adios.